Welcome to Bewildered. I'm Martha Beck, here with Rowan Mangan. At this crazy moment in history, a lot of people are feeling bewildered, but that actually may be a sign we're on track. Human culture teaches us to come to consensus, but nature, our own true nature, helps us come to our senses. Rowan and I believe that the best way to figure it all out is by going through bewilderment into bewilderment. That's why we're here. So, Marty, I think there's a pretty good chance that our listeners are out there going, oh, wow, I have a lot of cultural messages in my head and Mm -hmm. it's not that easy to access the voice of my true nature. Yes. And I don't know, they might be thinking, is there anything else that I could do other than listening to this podcast to help me learn to listen to my heart? Well, I had this question, even as a young child, I would say, I am not happy. And people would say, well, it's all in your head. And I'd be like, I know, get it out of my head. But nobody could really help me do that. And so um, in my 20s, I sort of made up a system to help me detach from cultural messages and connect with my true nature. And it ended up being my career as a life coach and then training people to do the same thing. And I think that, you know, it's just like people who feel the urge to heal themselves, help others heal and heal the world, Mm. that this this term life coach sort of slots into that in our culture. And people take the training to hang out a shingle and become life coaches. People take the training because it's like getting life coaching yeah you know and people also take the training just to learn to access their own true nature yeah it was originally just a access your own true nature course mm-hmm. but when you've mastered that you really want to share it with other people and people want to be shared with right. and they will pay you money so if that's the way you want to go that's why it ended up being life coach training but it's actually wayfinder which is different. It's about finding your way by connecting with your true nature and and steering your own course. So if people are interested, you can Google Wayfinder Life Coach Training or go to MarthaBeck.com and you will find your way. Yes, you will. Hello and welcome to Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. I'm Rowan Mangan and I'm sure as heck trying to figure it out. I'm here with Martha Beck, who I think has a doctorate in figuring it out, thank goodness. Hi, Marty. Uh, Hi. I I love hearing you say bewildered and Marty because (laughs) ordinarily you would say it in Australian. I I had like an existential crisis at the very moment of saying the word where it was one of those things of do I lean on the American? Bewildered. 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 Bewildered with Marty. (laughs) Bewildered with Marty. Welcome. Hi. It's a beautiful day. Funny thing is they called me that in Boston when I lived there. Bewildered. Maddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Boston Mather. R is the same as the Australian R. Yeah, they called me Mather. And in New York, they called oh. me Martha. 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 And Mather. It's just all around a no-win name in some I ways. I have been in this country for closer to four years than three at this point, And I must admit, I start, I'm starting to hear my accent occasionally. It hits the R's. That's the place where it's coming first. Let's try and figure that out. Let's figure out how to say figure. (laughs) So what we talk about on this podcast when we're not discussing my accent is about the fact that we live in a bewildering moment in history. It's a pretty crazy time and um, it's a time that bewilderment 
feels like a pretty sensible response to in many ways. But what we want to talk about here is that bewilderment is a good thing. You know, as our culture marches off in all kinds of strange directions, you know, your bewilderment could actually be the little wake up call from your true nature that's that's giving you a course correction to stay on your own path. Mm-hmm. And that path might be wilder, which is hence our bewilderment um, and may point you in different directions from what the culture is telling you. And we find that interesting. Yes. And just remember that culture is just consensus. Its view of truth is consensus. I've been reading this fabulous book about a Tibetan Lama and it really gets into Tibetan culture and how they just absolutely believed that, for example, this guy was going to open Shangri-La and they would all go into this valley where no one would ever age. And and people left there. They sold all their possessions and went with him into the Himalayas, which is just not where I would want to go without any provisions. Anyway, it just reminded me culture is consensus. Their view of truth is the same as my belief in what scientists tell me. That's just where my faith is. And that is useful for working in the world of other people. But when you get bewildered by the culture, you have to be wilder than that. If there's no path laid out for you that works for you, you have to stop coming to consensus and start coming to your senses. You know, being here now opening your eyes, ears, and all your other perceptual apparatus and really seeing, and also opening your intuition to whatever inspiration tells you about what to do next. So that is the way we try to figure things out on Bewildered. I like it. I I like like it. it. I like what you're saying. I'm frantically trying to write it all down. I don't know why we are recording this. We are recording it, you know. (laughs) You'll figure it out. I guess I'll try. You'll I've got figure so it out. much that I am trying to figure out this week, Marty. Mm. Why? Are you trying to figure out why deer are vertical kangaroos, horizontal kangaroos? Horizontal kangaroos. We already talked. Did we talk about this last week? It's, it's, it's all we talk about. It's all we ever honest. talk about. Yeah. Rose accent and where are the <laughs> damn kangaroos? <laughs> I seem to have a very deep homesickness that is not on the surface. It just <laughs> manifests in kangaroos and accents. Um, <laughs> change, eh? Mm, It sure does keep happening. I feel like there's something that you, Martha Beck, have created that will help us understand how change affects us and how to manage it. Oh, by coincidence, now that you mention it, I have. It's called the change cycle. Mm. It's about four aspects of the whole process of change. And we've put the information together in one handy place so that the people can refer to it when they're going through change. And you know what else? We also made podcast episodes about each of the four squares in the cycle that are also on this new page that we've made for the peoples. Well, how remarkable is that? All right. You can find out all about the change cycle at marthabeck.com slash change. No, the thing that I wanted to talk to you today that I'm trying to figure out that maybe you can help me come to my senses about is... It's about productivity, you know, and I am in this point in my life where I'm sort of doing a bit of a reset and recalibration around work and health and a lot of different things. And I <laughs> I have a bit of an all or nothing personality, it must be said. And so when I do begin something new, there's often a flurry of activity. So mm-hmm. you know this about me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that being said, there's there's a kind of interesting thing that I'm I'm working on right now, which is 
trying to figure out how to be productive but not to go into a kind of manic productivity fever you know um i i think you know all the apps that are there all the sort of Men, I think the culture is quite focused on productivity. There's so many podcasts, there's so much, so many books, and it's all about, you know, get more out of this day, out of this body, out of this lifetime, and um, and quantity. <laughs> and what I've noticed myself going into, and I'm I'm not sure how to figure it out, is that um, I'm I'm getting intensely obsessed with my to-do list and I think I've it's like I've got a new video game that's called to-do list and on and the video game is giving me a lot of little dopamine hits when I tick things off and it sort of sounds stupid in a way but it's like it's this it I get really really into ticking things off this list and you know I I I don't I just I want to be able to still relax, you know, and and have downtime. And you know, I thought I know what I'll do. I'll figure this out by uh, giving myself <laughs> putting nurture time on my to do list. Nurture time, serenity blah, blah, blah. now. Me time, tick it off. Woo! I get to tick it off. And I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous. I do like ticking off nurture time on my to do list, but there's something's wrong. I'm getting into a strange cycle. And so I'm trying to figure out, Marty, how I can be productive and organize my time. You know, I work from home and so I have to create my own structure and I want to do that. But I don't want to, I don't want to become in this, this manic fever pitch. Can you help me figure it out? I'll try. Have you seen, I think everybody does this. I used to think only I did it. And I thought it was because I was born in the year of the tiger in the, Asian zodiac and tigers are known for taking very intense short sprints and then having to sleep for 20 hours. So I I would really get into the lists of things to do and then I would like crash and burn. And I was just looking at that fabulous website, Hyperbole and a Half, Allie Brosh. Have you ever seen her why I can never be an adult. Oh my gosh, she's my hero. Yeah, it shows pictures of her getting like a huge wave of inspiration and she goes out and she does all the things and she <laughs> cleans all the things and she goes shopping and she goes to the post office and the bank. And then like... The there is ne- nothing in this world more adult than going to the post office. That's so true. But then she gets up the next day and it's like, I go to the store again, I... Clean all the things? <laughs> she just slowly wilts and then she just ends up clinically depressed on the couch. Um, she's just adorable. But the thing, I think it's something we all do. And I think it's a product of the culture. I really do. Speaking of the culture, because we have this um, a culture that's obsessed with productivity and, the, and it's measured mechanically. It's a very mechanically based culture. So, like, I remember being on a, a train in Switzerland with this guy, and he had just dropped out of a marathon. And he said in his perfect English, because everything they do in Switzerland is perfect, I don't know what happened. I followed, I had a training program, and I followed it to the letter. And I was like, well, what happened during the race? And he's like, I don't know. I just, I got to a point I couldn't run. And I said, well, how have you been feeling? Not good, not good. But I followed my training program to the letter. And I was like, well, what if you were super tired? Did you rest? And he just looked at me as if I'd switched to speaking Urdu or something. He was like, what could you possibly mean by that? So he he was completely out of his senses. He wasn't feeling anything 
on the inside of his body. He had this training program and he was following it meticulously. And if he were a robot, it would have worked. If you were a robot, this would be working for you. Your problem is you've stopped being an animal and become a robot because that's the way the culture likes to see us. But we are animals and you can't just run an animal, you know, at top speed all the time. So let me ask you some questions about yourself. Please do. Okay, so remember the last time. Is this happening today? Like, list, 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 tick off, tick off. It is happening constantly. I'm sitting here going, oh, soon I'll be able to tick off podcast. All right. So feel how that expresses itself in the body. So feel the... um, the sensation inside your body when you're thinking, taking things off, taking things off. I'm going to take off 20 things and I'm going to take off podcast. I'll go on to the next tick off. <laughs> the next tick off. Uh, you know, like the, the first feeling that I can locate is, I mean, it feels like excitement to me. Where um, is it in your body? It's straight down between my chest and my stomach. Mm, so right in your solar plexus. Yeah? No, it runs between them. Oh, oh cool. so yeah. it's a line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what does it feel like? What temperature is it? Mm, it's a little warmer than room temperature. Mm-hmm. And is it tight or loose? It's tight. Mm-hmm. And what is its texture? Is it brittle or stretchy or anything else? Crunchy? Uh, fragile? Uh, it's, like a, it's like a taut, strong muscle. A taut, strong muscle. Does it feel good? Yes, that's the problem. It feels really good. Okay, well, look elsewhere in your body. How's it affecting your jaw? Tight. Uh How's it affecting your shoulders and between your shoulder blades? Mm, Tight. (laughs) (laughs) How's it affecting your arms and hands? Um, All right, hang on. Um, Uh, I don't. I don't know how it's affecting my arms and hands. It makes me feel like I feel they feel eager to do things. Well, it's interesting because I'm not a particularly yogic person, but um, there's something to all this chakra business. I have to say, and what you're feeling is going from like your gut to your to your power center. You're feeling this surge of hot, warm, exciting energy. But where it's affecting your heart between the shoulder blades and around your shoulders and where it's affecting your head, your jaw, and maybe your band around the head is tension. Right. So you're getting a mixed pleasure, which, by the way, is one of the most reinforcing things you can do to a pigeon or a rat. Really? Or a me? Yeah, sometimes I just do that to the rats in our house. <laughs> I just lie on the floor going, come to me and I will, I will feed you for coming closer and then slap you for coming too close. It confuses them. I'm just seeing a headline. Famous life coach Martha Beck reveals habit of randomly reinforcing rats. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's what the entire profession is about. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, clients and ex-clients. It's all wonderful. Seriously, it is. Um, no, but when you get a mixed pleasure, you have to be able to parse it out. You have to be able to see how it's affecting the different parts of your body. Because what we tend to do is we get very fixated on the pleasure and we stop looking or sensing signals from the rest of the body that this is not ideal. 
because anything ideal will put you into um, a parasympathetic nervous system state, which means you'll be in rest and relax instead of fight or flight. So the tight jaw, the tight shoulders, that's fight or flight. Um, The belly stuff may actually be parasympathetic, like enthusiasm and joy. What would you say? Does that, does this ring true? Yeah, it does. And it's interesting because I, I and I may be misinterpreting my senses, but I, I, I feel like maybe somehow what's going on is that I'm in this particular mode in which all my senses are positively reinforcing me. I guess my, my jaw is tight, but but my jaw is often tired. Feel your my shoulders, dentist. feel your shoulders. No, the idea here is not, see, I can hear you arguing for your disability. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take my opium. Don't, Don't you take my opium. Away. Yes, my head is exploding with pain, but oh, how I love my opium. Um, opium would take care of it. Hello. I just don't know how to get any opium. All right. So here's the deal. What you want is an entire body-mind uh, connection with relaxation at all times. Even people who are pushing at a very high level, like, you know, in a, an Olympic foot race or gymnastics or um, a martial arts battle, the best performers are completely relaxed and moving really fast and having a great time doing it. This T.S. Eliot called it still and still moving. So what we want to do is get you able to bring your whole self to the table when you're productive. Is it possible, I mean, is is that state of constant relaxation, which sounds kind of nice, um, is that incompatible with the little dopamine hit kind of write it down no not at all people who are performing in the zone as chicks and me i called it um they're pushing very hard and they're almost doing more than they can but they are very very relaxed and their dopamine maxes out at that point so it is a still and still moving thing the problem is you're crashing because you're ignoring things that are wrong it's like your airplane engine is running great but there are struts and bolts that are rattling until and that's why you crash after a period of productivity and you might even go into a like a slump or even a mild depression because you've been like maxing out your system am i wrong tell me where i'm wrong it's so funny because it's like asking me while i'm high what it's like not to be high Mm. it's really funny because i'm like i don't know what you're talking about this is this is the perfect feeling and i don't get depressed i don't get a slump let me remind (laughs) you of a little something you have called chronic fatigue syndrome. I have never heard that term before in my life. They don't, Everything is great. They don't really understand it. It might be that the mitochondria in the cells stop conveying oxygen to the muscles. Whatever it is, it's a very real thing. And when it hits, people actually lose the ability sometimes to move. And I have seen you do this, Rowan Mangan. Yes. Not once, not twice, but many times. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Jacques. All right. Well, you you accuse with with some credibility, but it's interesting but, because. But no, but I'm just like all I'm saying is it's so fascinating to watch myself from here. Yeah. How little that means to me. Because from you're here. high. 
Because I'm high. It's really interesting because we may be we may be actually tracing the etiology of your chronic fatigue syndrome because you really, I mean, to get to the point where you actually drop and can't move, mm. that's what used to happen to people in marathons before they found out that you could run on ketones instead of glucose. But, you know, when you get to the end of your reserves, it's because you've been maxing out your supply. So what should I do? All right. This is what we're going to do. Okay. So the first thing, we're going to switch you back to your parasympathetic nervous system. And rest assured, I do not plan to take your productivity away from you. Quite the opposite. Thank you. All right. I love it. So first thing is push your back up tight against the chair cushion. Would be even better if you were back to the wall, but we can't do that right now because that's just how we're set up. But Can you, you do just have tell a, me what you're about to do? Yeah, I'm about to try to calm your body the way I would calm, say, an anxious, excited dog or horse. Hmm, cool. Um, yeah, because as long as you're in a state of high excitement, you're like a little yippy dog who just won't stop running and running around the room and running into furniture and licking people's faces. Oh, my faces God, I have and, been running into furniture today. <laughs> and licking people's faces constantly. Well, that's just a normal day. Bit me on the hand twice. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't take me for a walk. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're just going to calm down the anxious animal. Okay. Okay? And you do that by pressure. Pressure against the body. Okay. Um, some people, they sell these weighted blankets that can be really good to, they're, they're like 20 pounds and you put them on and they're, they press on your body kind of the way Temple Grandin, the famous autistic author, um, did with this machine. She made it herself a, a hugging machine to calm herself and it would just put pressure on her body. So we want to move out of the mind. There's no mind fix for this. I mean, there's a partial mind fix, but we've got to go to the body. So press your back against the, the chair. Okay. And um, it can actually help to, to put your arms around your own rib cage and hug yourself tightly. Okay, but I'm not too that. tightly so that you have to hunch your shoulders. Just firmly embrace your rib cage and start to breathe regularly and slowly and deeply, especially slow exhales. And this relaxes your system because there was never in the history of wild animals an animal who while being pursued by a predator did this so when you do that your entire nervous system switches you can also create an open focus in your brain by looking simultaneously at everything in the room that is red everything in the room that is yellow and everything in the room that is white. So you doing all the things? I am doing them all. Is your breathing slowing down? Yes, it is. Can you drop your shoulders away from your ears and let them relax? I can now. <laughs> okay. Can you bring the crown of your head slightly up and you tuck your chin just slightly in so that your head is resting on your shoulders instead of jutting forward? Mm-hmm. Then and then allow the back of your neck to relax. That feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels really good. So then you actually talk to the to the animal because we are animals, and you say. Okay, now we're going to do all the things. We're going to do all the things. But you don't need to run around in a circle because first we're going to go in this room and we're going to do, you know, we're going to 
tidy up this, and then we're going to go outside, and we're going to rake some leaves, and then we're going to take those off, and then we're going to sit down and call and do a, do a work call, and we're going to enjoy the person on the other end of the phone, and we're just going to mosey through the day. Yeah? Wow, that feels very nice. Does it? Yeah, it's so interesting because what I realized that even though I've been loving the feeling of productivity, what it what it seems like it will it can be from this this place you've brought me to is that I can be acting more deliberately, mm-hmm. which you know I care about the quality of what I'm doing as well, not just ticking it off. You mm. know, like I'm I'm wanting to produce good stuff, and that if I'm coming to it from a more deliberate and mindful place you know I can I can tell the animal the the screeching one you know that this is this is better work from this place you know yeah and the energy will sustain that's the thing is if you've had chronic fatigue or chronic pain or chronic illness like you and I both have and a lot of our listeners I think may have too when you get a little bit of energy the animal goes nuts trying to fit everything in because it knows what it's like to be lame and when you've got all your energy, it's like, get, take advantage of it. And there's almost a panic response, but it's a, it's a prognostication of collapse. It's the fear of future collapse. So you've got to fit everything in right now. So it's based on fear. And I've just been reading about how there are two ways to do things. One is fear-based and it, it involves adrenaline. And the other one is love-based or desire-based and it involves oxytocin. Oxytocin is what we produce when, like, here's a a classic difference. Think about love, like holding a baby and cuddling a baby full of intense excitement. Hmm, doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Your whole system says that's not how you handle a human animal. Now think of holding the baby knowing that everything is in flow and everything is in rhythm and the two of you are just sort of melded together, that's oxytocin. Hello, baby. Hello. Cutie. And it it shows up in lovemaking. It shows up in sleep. It shows up in enjoying a beautiful meal. Like oxytocin is this um, wonder drug that does all the things adrenaline does, only in a more rhythmic way and... In the meantime, the adrenaline is frying your body and your organs and oxytocin is making them well. And is the activity you just took me through, that exercise, mm. is that turning off adrenaline and turning on oxytocin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? So exactly. I, I will now have oxytocin yeah. in my bloodstream. Yeah, the moment you said, I don't feel right holding the baby in a state of high excitement and I said, imagine holding the baby in a state of flow and in a state of communion with the baby you immediately started producing oxytocin. It's incredible. And men, men, same thing. You don't have to be female, even though women produce this during lactation. But that's why men love sex so much. It's one of the highest oxytocin-producing activities they can do. And it's that high, that mellow, lovely, communal, ecstatic union feeling. That's all oxytocin, and you can create it any time. So say you don't have the opportunity to immediately have sex um mm. whenever you're feeling a little stressed what what kind of a life are you living <laughs> i know right i'm just i'm just reevaluating my <laughs> life decisions at this point um, <laughs> i i'm just wondering for our listeners you know is 
I mean, holding a baby is nice. Like that's a good one. Is there, are there any other like little thought exercises you can do to switch yourself over or body exercises you can do to switch yeah, yourself over? Um, the things I was telling you to do, press your back against something, hug yourself gently but firmly with around the rib cage and the slow exhale and the deep, slow, regular breathing, that is absolutely key. And that's like, that's the magic bullet. And then widening the focus of your attention is what I did with the see everything in the room that is red, everything that's blue, everything that's white or yellow, I said, not blue. Um, so all of those things create an open focus in the brain and cre- and stimulate the toggle switch that takes you from the sympathetic nervous system, which is adrenaline, fight or flight, over to the oxytocin, parasympathetic, tend and befriend and hang out and rest, relax and reproduce hormones. And then from there, the work you do is actually much better. It's in tune with the energy of what wants to happen. It's in tune with nature. It's in tune if you're making something for someone else's use, like you're writing a book, it's in tune with the reader. the, The first one gets you high, but it's not in tune with anything. Right. Right. And the whole, if you, if you go to like meetings, if you go to marketing meetings, like sometimes in the past, I've gone to marketing meetings in publishing circles and it's like, what are we going to do to sell this? You should write a book like Janine Roth. That book sold a million. What was it about? Do what she did. She wrote about God, write about God. That'll do it. And it's like, if you write about God from that place, no one will believe you. Like that is not going to freaking work. And people all do it. Let's go write a book about magic like Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Magic like Harry Potter. We'll make a whole demi world like, like she did. See, I'm getting too excited now because I'm talking about that energy. It's yucky. Yeah. And the thing is, A.S. Byatt, not A.S. Byatt, J.K. Rowling was in love with her Hogwarts. She was in love with that world. She was in love with those characters. She, she, you know, it just makes you want to hug yourself just thinking about how she felt, I think. And that's why we all loved it so much. That's true. Yeah, that makes complete sense that, that you will put your audience in the place where you are coming from yourself, the energy state that you're in yourself. What I always say, however you feel writing it is the way they feel reading it. I don't know if that's true, but... It could be. <laughs> it's definitely, I think, true of the people, you know, that, that if you bring an energy into a room, whatever you're doing in that room, if there are other people there or animals, that you're going to get a response based on on what you're projecting, the mood yeah. you're projecting, the energy you're projecting. Think about trying to get a horse. I mean, this used to be, we used to be all about this when we lived on the ranch. Um, trying to get a horse to go over a jump. A lot of people say you the horse is afraid to try to jump. They can hurt their feet on the other side and then they're dead right so what a lot of horse trainers say is you have to be you have to be so scary to the horse that disobeying you is scarier than going over the jump and that's how you get a horse to jump yeah and then other people like our wonderful friend Katya um, who's a fabulous dressage rider and what she taught me was you get so in tune with the horse that it can it trusts you so much that when you love going over the jump, it loves going over the jump. And you just reinforce what it loves until the jump feels safe. And you go a little at a time. And slow is fast, right? right. If you it actually, if you do things in that space, you know, training a dog, think about getting your dog to do what you want through fear and intimidation versus love and reward. 
it's actually not even about getting the end result anyway. It's about how you feel doing the things. It's not ticking off the box. It's like at the end of your life, do you want to just look at this huge list of things you ticked off and go, well, that was worth it. A little bit. <laughs> now you kind of <laughs> But what if you could look back on, on loving every minute of doing those things? I've always been weird. <laughs> when I write and speak professionally, I have to tone it down, especially the part where I believe the universe loves us and is on our side. A few years ago, I decided to just show up online and say what I really think. This became The Gathering Pod, a series of discussions about how to thrive in a difficult world. So if you need hope, inspiration, or a chance to listen to someone much weirder than you could ever be, come join me on The Gathering Pot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing that's coming to mind is, you know, I, I was just thinking about my list and about how I've, I've been trying to include health items each day. And I was just thinking, you know, if I was going to put this oxytocin generating little moments to Mm. build those moments into my day I would probably put them under health because I'm sure that there are a lot of physical like you're saying that your adrenaline is is really bad for your body but I'm sure the oxytocin is is good for your health right oh yeah 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 it absolutely I mean it it's incredible what it does to like cancer fighting cells and um like aging like the the fact that our these little dangly ends on the ends of our DNA they shorten as we get older and the shorter they get the older the more aged we are well if you're bathing your cells in oxytocin those things don't shorten (laughs) they stay young that's so cool yeah so you know you talk about putting it into your schedule as a thing to do but I would say no do everything from that state so what is like what's something on your list of things to do let me just consult it. Oh, she's um, going to be so excited. I know. I am. Well, today we're doing the gathering room. Mm. Okay. So I get excited thinking about doing the gathering room. Which is a, an online broadcast that Marty does each week on Facebook. Yes, on Sunday afternoons. So um, we could get excited and go, oh, the gathering room, we're going to do the gathering room. Sometimes we bring that energy to it, especially because it's like we're just sitting in the bedroom and there are a thousand no, three or 400 people, however many are on the line. I don't know. They're invisible. A few million, 12. I'm not sure. <laughs> I really don't know. But um, if instead of going, ah, gathering room, gathering room, if we kind of, if we stop, do this little self hug, press your back against something, exhale, and then think, how can we bring some people along into this peaceful flow of joy? Like, Think of merriment and ebullience, and but always from this state of flow, right? And and completely. But but um, for me, what I'm going to need to do to incorporate that is have some sort of prompt. You said, you know, sit back and do the hug yourself right. and take the breath. But I and so what I'm saying is, I need to build that into my day. You know, you say don't schedule it, but you sort of you, if if you're running on a different track, yeah, like something needs to come in to to remind you, and then I will try and do everything from that place but first uh, I need yeah to you can do a, a real like I, I I love meditating in the morning it sets the whole day up but um what I was thinking was a 30 second check-in at the beginning of every new activity oh that's good yeah I love that yeah so think about whatever you're doing next like taking a shower 
give yourself a little. You're going to say something different, taking a shh, something else. <laughs> that, but why not? That's just pure relaxation. <laughs> Although I used to do it in a state of high excitement, it was really disastrous. <laughs> I mean, when, when, when you cannot stop running around during that. You just see these little shouts of, hooray, you did it. That reminds me of this. Um, motocross magazine where they they said this this new car combines the thrill of a of oh, I forget what it is you know high torque with the joy of a well timed shift only they left an <laughs> F out of shift well timed <laughs> well timed you're just in, in the car just with a smile on your face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder if a well-timed shift is like a good way to put your body into um, the parasympathetic. That actually is true. Or it could be a little dress that I make for myself. (laughs) All right. Anyway, see, this is what happens to me. I'm trying, I get relaxed and then I get silly and then everything's fun. Well, see, that in itself is a great advertisement for this state of mind because I like it when it's... Silly. So back to taking a shower, which is what I really was going to talk about. You sure know, you even that, you, before you take a shower, you stop, you breathe, you exhale, you make sure you're in rest and relaxation instead of fight or flight. And then, oh, it occurs to me that I could really enjoy the shower, the sensation of the water, the lather of the shampoo, as opposed to rushing to get through it, which is how I usually do. Right. So how do you um, remember to even take that time? This I actually was thinking because you do make lists, most of us do, and you do tick things off, um, and, and there are apps for this and everything because we have this factory-based model of society. Um, and I think that every time you move to a new task and you go to your little list of reminders or you have an app that pings or something, you, you set it to, okay, now it's time to make the cookies, but I'm going to do it in a state of relaxation. So every single time you sit, switch tasks, you just check and go back. Well, I think that there's there's probably a lot of bewilderment out there that this, you know, this sits very close to the heart of. So I think that that was great. Thank you. Um, I would love to invite anyone who is trying to figure something out in their own life, have a little life puzzle that Uh, is bewildering you, please do send them in. There'll be information on the show notes about um, where you can send your questions for Martha and um, we will try to help you come to your senses next time. So just, just, just today, just give yourself a little hug, press your back against a cushion, take a deep breath, let it out, come home. Come home, little doggy, and calm down and everything will get done in a happy, happy way. Are you enjoying these shenanigans? We can notify you when a new Bewildered episode comes out. Just text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. You can also follow Martha on the socials for all kinds of ways to improve your life. On Instagram, she's the Martha Beck. On Facebook, the Martha Beck. Or on Twitter, plain old Martha Beck. Her website is MarthaBeck.com. You can also follow me, Rowan Mangan, for all kinds of stuff on the writing life, wordsmithing, and honestly, general nonsense. 
My website is rowanmangan.com. Find me on Insta, Rowan underscore Mangan. On Facebook, I'm Rowan Mangan Writer. And on Twitter, I'm Rowan Mangan. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. Maybe you're feeling that way too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need a new language. We need a new set of tools to find our way individually and as a group. And I know we can still do this. I put everything I do know about it into Wayfinder Life Coach Training. And the tools that I teach there are to help people redefine how we relate to each other, how we make a living, how we do community. We can only change the world for the better if we redefine how we think and the world needs Wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to MarthaBeck.com and you'll find your way.